Praise the Lord. After Jesus was crucified, had died on the cross, and was placed in the tomb for three days, and then God raised him from the dead, he revealed himself to many, many people, hundreds of people, after he had risen from the dead. And some of those people, of course, as we know, were the disciples and apostles and those that had been meeting together. But there was one man called Didymus, who we know was Thomas, and he's kind of got a bad rap here, but they call him Doubting Thomas, right? And so Thomas had been missing from some of those meetings for whatever reason, and we're not told what that reason is, but when Jesus had been together with his disciples after raising from the dead, okay, Thomas hears about this story, and he says to them, I'm not going to believe until I put my fingers through the holes in his hands, and I put my hand in the hole in his side. I'm not going to believe it. It was like Thomas did not want to be made a fool of. He didn't want to be taken for a fool. He didn't want to be fooled. He didn't want to be tricked was in his mind. He says, I'll believe it, but I'm only going to believe it if I'm able to put my hands where the nails were at one time. I'm only going to believe if I'm able to, to put my hand in the place where they speared his side while he was on the cross. Then I will believe. And wouldn't you know who appears? <laughs> Though all the doors were closed and the doors were locked, Jesus appears in that room with those disciples. And he reveals himself to Thomas. And he says, Thomas, see here, put your fingers where the nails were. Place your hand where they speared my side, Thomas. And Thomas fell before the Lord there in the presence of all of these people. And he said, Lord, I I believe. I believe now. Now I believe. You know, now I've seen and I believe. And I think there are many in the world today that are in that place. Well, if I see, I'll believe. And, And, you know, Jesus could have said, well, forget it, Thomas. You're out. Go. You don't belong here. If you haven't believed, then beat it. But he didn't say that. He said, all right. Thomas was a good man. Thomas was a good man. And even though he had reservations, how many of you all have had reservations before? I mean, not like to Salvatore's or something. (laughs) But I mean reservations about making a decision or, or something like that. You know, you had reservations. You didn't want to be made a fool of and and you didn't want to be taken, uh, you know, and, or, uh, or something like that. And so you kind of stayed back a little bit, you know, or, or you didn't commit, right? Maybe when you were um, ready to get married, and, and you, but you were unsure for some reason, you know, and you're like hesitating, man, I don't know if I want to spend the rest of my life with this person or whatever the case may be. So you, maybe you're a little bit reserved, as they would say, you got some cold feet. 
all right? But for whatever reason, you were doubting. And that's really what it comes down to. You were doubting whether this was the person for you, right? And in the case of Jesus, Thomas was like, I know I hear what you're saying, guys, and I want to believe, but I don't want to be made a fool of. I'm not going to risk my life for something that's not the real deal. How about that? Have you ever been there? I'm not going to risk being made a fool of if this is not the real thing. Coca-Cola, years ago, back in the 80s, had a commercial, and it was, they call, it was like the real thing, you know, or I think it was Coke, wasn't it? The real thing, and they, they, that was kind of their theme back then, the real Coke, the real thing, you know. And, uh, but Jesus, he is the real thing, and once Thomas sees Jesus there, and he's talking with him face to face. He says, Lord, I believe, I believe. And he got down on his knees, and he worshiped Jesus right then and there. And Jesus said these words to him, Thomas, you believe what? Because you have seen. You believe, Peter, or uh, Thomas, because you've seen. Blessed are those who believe and have not seen. Blessed are those who have not seen. Those Christians, those followers of Jesus that would come later on, that would never get that opportunity to be there with Jesus, to put their fingers in the holes in his hands, or to place their hand in in the hole in his side, or to see the, the wounds on his feet. Blessed are they that though they have not seen they still believe. Do you believe? Do you believe? Or are you still standing outside looking in through the windows? You got your face to the window. Did you ever do that to, to a, an old house or maybe you know, someplace that you, you kind of peer in through the window like this, you know, and trying to block out the sunlight and, and things that you're trying to, trying to peek in the windows? That's kind of what the doubters are doing. They're peering in from the windows. They see all that's going on inside, and maybe even in their hearts they long to be a part of it and to say, okay, all right, I'm finally willing to commit to this. But they're reluctant to take that step out of doubt. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, Come, and it's God beckoning people. He's beckoning those doubters. And he says to those doubters, to those who are reluctant to believe, to those peers in the window, he says, Come, let us reason together. Let us reason together. You have doubts. I get it. That's all right. I get it. Let's sit down and let's talk this thing out. (laughs) Let's talk this through. You have questions. I'm not afraid of your questions. God's not afraid of people's questions. Do you know that? God's not afraid afraid of us uh, being angry because he didn't answer our prayers the way that we thought he ought to. 
Huh? Come on. Any honest people out there? You ever get angry with God because He didn't answer your prayers the way you thought He ought to? Hmm. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet. Did you ever read that story? The scarlet letter. The scarlet letter. Did you have to read that back in school? You know. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they will be like wool. They will be white like wool. And so God is beckoning to those doubters to those peerers through the window, to those people that are unwilling to take that step, to those people that are afraid of being made a fool of. Maybe they live their whole lives a certain way, and once they take that step, they know that their old life is over, and the person they used to be will be no more. And they're afraid to let go of what they know and who they were. Anybody else been there? I remember a time in my life as a young man that I was afraid to let go of who I was, though I was nobody great, but I mean, I was afraid to let go of who I was and become what God had wanted me to be. But I'll tell you something, as long as I remained in that place of the man that I I always was, I never fully attained what God had destined for me to do. There are some people within the sound of my voice that are watching this program today that God is speaking to you. He's saying, that is you. And you're wondering, why is the pastor poking at me? Why is the pastor pointing his finger at me? But that's not me, friends. That's the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you as he spoke to me, as he spoke to others before. And he's beckoning you, come to me. Lay all those worries. Lay your fears aside. Lay your doubts aside and believe. Thomas, you believe because you've seen. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And then he said these words to him. He said, Thomas, just listen now, listen now. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. Some of you here today, some of you within the sound of my voice back at home, wherever you may be, God is speaking to you this day. And he's saying to you, how long will you stay in the place where you are? How much time do you think you have left? Think about that. How much time are you betting that you have left? Maybe some of you are getting up in your age and you're still, still after how many decades of living, you are still standing off and saying, I refuse to believe just like Thomas did. I refuse to be made a fool of. I'm not going to do it. How much time do you think that you have left? Some of us young ones. Some of us young ones, we are not 
guaranteed another day. And yet we think, I don't need to do that yet. It's not my time yet. I've still got some living to do before I give up my life like that. God is, is, God wants to give you life. He don't want to take it from you. He wants to give you true life. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will come to me and pray to me. God wants to give you life. Jesus said, I am come that you would have life. And not just life surviving, but life what? More abundant. That is what God desires for his people, that we have life more abundant. He's not coming to condemn you. John 3, 16 and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to do what? To condemn it. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn it, but to save it through him. The purpose of Jesus giving his life, was to rescue you and me. You see, it's not about church. It's not about religion. It's not about this. It's not about that. It's not about confirmation. It's it's about your relationship with God. Where do you stand with Jesus? It's not about anything else. It's about your relationship with Christ Jesus, the Lord. When will you stop doubting? When will you lay it down and say, I receive? To them that received him, to them that believed, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Do you know, the? and we've talked about this before, that many believe that once we die, we all go to heaven. No matter how we've lived, whether we have a relationship with Jesus or not, when we die, we all go to heaven. That is the biggest lie, and Satan loves it. Satan loves that lie because it makes everyone feel that they are safe when they come to the end of their days. But we're not. We're not safe, friends, unless we have that relationship with Christ Jesus, the Lord. We are not safe unless we are trusting in the blood of Christ Jesus on the cross to save us from our sins. And as we know in Romans, that God's, that uh, Jesus said that every, everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have sinned. Everybody, even the best of us, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know what that means? We are guilty. Every one of us is guilty of sin. And sin, the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. 
What we earn when we sin is punishment. But the gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing but good news, friends, to those who believe in Christ Jesus the Lord. There's nothing but good. Who cares what your friends are going to say if you come to Jesus? You know what they're probably going to do? Finally. Yep. Finally. You know how long I've been praying? 25 years. And all of heaven is going to explode. <laughs> all of heaven is going to explode with joy when you come to Jesus. Oh, and I heard it said just recently that all of heaven is leaning over the rails. And I just love the way that they put that. I can't even remember who it was now. Leaning over the rails, looking down from heaven upon those who are receiving and have yet to receive Christ Jesus as Lord. And they're like, oh, come on. You're so close. You're so close, just like Thomas was. They're peering over the, the, the railings of heaven and they're saying, come on, come on. You're so close. You're so close. When will you say enough? I believe and I receive you. Jesus, when I feel the weight of this message on my heart as I'm giving it to you today, some some of you here have never received Jesus in all of your lives. At every decision you've ever made, there stands Christ Jesus the Lord. I want to be involved in your life. And the scriptures say, listen to that. <laughs> That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And the scriptures say, behold, I stand at the door. Can you just close your eyes for a minute? Can you just picture this? And I know that I've referenced this before, but that is so just vivid in my mind that and I see Jesus in the garden, and he's knocking, and there's beautiful vines and, and, and beautiful flowers around, and Jesus is in front of this wooden door, you know, and, and he's knocking on the door, and that scripture says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is knocking on the door of your life. You notice he's not kicking in the door. <laughs> He's not kicking in the door. He could probably walk through the door, right? <laughs> and yet he stands outside and he knocks. And he says, anyone that opens the door, that hears, first, anyone that hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Do you know what that means? Jesus is going to bring his peace to your life. That's what he wants. His peace and his provision and his salvation into your life. 
He's not taking away all your fun. He's not taking away. He's giving you stuff. He's giving you stuff. He's giving you salvation. He's providing. It's like then you've signed on. <laughs> you've signed on to Jesus. Now you're getting all the blessings. You're getting all of the joys. You're getting all of the salvation that comes with being a child of the king. Not only a king, but the king of kings. He's the king over all other kings. Stop doubting and believe. You're complicating the process. You're making it more difficult than it needs to be. Stop your doubting and believe. Don't worry about the other stuff. Don't worry about who you were. Don't worry about how you're going to continue on and what am I going to be like? Are people still going to... Don't worry about all that stuff. It'll figure itself out. Trust me. Trust God. He'll take care of it. It'll be the best decision you've ever made. I promise you. I promise you. Would you stand with me today? I must tell you, This is nothing what I had planned on speaking about today. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And we'll sit down together. We'll eat together. And you know what that eating represents? Peace. Peace. It it represents peace. Think about the scripture in Psalm 23. (laughs) Though my enemies are surrounding me, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Different scripture, meaning very similar. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We're going to sit down, we're going to eat some vittles, and all the arrows and bullets is flying all around us. That's all right. Jesus got me. Are you trusting in Jesus? Have you submitted to Jesus? Have you surrendered to Jesus? That's really what it's kind of like. It's a surrender. When you get busted by the cops, how many of you... Be- no, don't do that. Don't answer. When you get busted by the cops... We do one of these. I surrender. Hands up. Freeze. I surrender, right? You're surrendering to authority. When we come to Jesus, it's kind of the same, almost. Not quite. I surrender to you. Some of you are chuckling. You know where you've been. You know where you're going now. Yeah? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. God is so good. I surrender. I surrender. Would you just raise your hands up and just say those words? I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I trust you. I need you. 
I believe in you. And today, I receive you. I receive you. No more doubting. It's just me and you right now. Just me and, me and Jesus right now, friends. You and Jesus. Cast off your doubting and believe. Believe. Stop doubting. Stop it. As a parent would say, stop it. <laughs> stop doubting, friends, and believe. I promise you, you will not regret it. 